the Russian invasion media coverage snafu, TAT is going to cover and focus on short-haul markets, is Thailand a gangster haven, and lastly, celebrity death conspiracies. That's all coming up on today's Good Morning Thailand. Hello and welcome to Good Morning Thailand, sponsored by Coffee Culture, as well as Twin Palms Residences Montezor with Tim Newton and Jay. Hi, and thank you very much for joining us. What well, We get hundreds and hundreds of messages. Yes. Uh, this one just grabbed my attention. I think I sent one to you too. Yeah, that we one, might say that for Tiger Bites. That one's for Tiger Bites. Uh, this one, um, somebody writing about Natty's program yesterday. Okay. Love you, Natty, but I can no longer support the channel or Thailand based on Thai's sympathy to Russia. Oh. Well, I mean, can we explain that yesterday the Thai Prime Minister came out, I think it was on Tuesday, and said that Thailand is going to politically remain neutral on the situation. Yes. So a lot of people have been expressing this sort of mock outrage, saying that they can't pop, they will never come to Thailand again because of Thai people's support. Of This is, the Thai Prime Minister made a political announcement. It's got nothing to do with representing what uh, the, the Thai people feel. They also had a, a random go at us, um, uh, saying that you know we support Russia. Well, that is equally ridiculous. The fact that we are not taking a stance on this and saying we're just reporting information. I might also say that we're not reporting very much information about it because it's not our scope of work. Uh, the coverage of the invasion of Ukraine is being adequately done by a number of uh, very good overseas news outlets and uh, also social media is absolutely packed full of real footage. Yes. Uh, but we do have some examples coming up of things that didn't quite go uh, to plan in that regard. But yeah, we, we are just being news publishers and publishing the facts of what's happening from time to time. But we're not really specialising in covering Ukraine because we've got no one here with any specialty in the matter. We don't have any access to overseas uh, news services. So we, we'll just do basically a daily roundup. Facts are what media outlets should be well, uh, yes. Yes, not portraying out there so that the people can uh, you know, make up make their, up own, their mind. own minds. Uh, however, some, some uh, Western media outlets have uh, missed the mark. Now, here are a couple of videos uh, okay. that, that we found that uh, Tim's going to talk about. Um, and uh, have, a, have a look at these footages and uh, let us know what you think. So we're going to show the first one. Norm, uh, this is the, the first one. Um, we actually don't have a monitor, so we can't see what you're seeing exactly, but we know the footage that's being run. This was apparently um, a, a th some footage shown on Western TV sources, and it's showing... You can show it a couple of times, Norm, whilst we're talking about it. Uh, it shows the, what they said was the start of the invasion of Kiev. Now, in fact, it wasn't. Uh, it was actually a Moscow air parade uh, shot on the, at the north of Moscow in Russia two years before, but it was uploaded onto social media as the actual start of the real invasion. And, of course, once it was on Twitter, uh, the, the media, the Western media, a lot of them very lazy, decided to then play that as real footage of the invasion. But it was actually from a Russian air show. You'd think the formation gives it away. Yeah. I mean, invading planes don't usually fly in a sort of a nice, neat uh, uh, formation like that. They could have had the, the colours coming, the coloured yeah. smoke coming out the back as well. Uh, to the second one, and this one uh, was being reported 
uh, by at least one Australian station as multiple explosions in the cities of Kharkiv and Kiev. So as you can see, pretty uh, wild explosions there. Mm -hmm. uh, but no, no, in fact, it was nothing to do with what was happening <laughs> in Kiev or Kharkiv. It was a chemical storage facility exploding in the Chinese port of Tianjin in 2015. Wow. So it happened seven years ago. Yeah, it was explosions. We get it. Uh, the actual original footage, the person who was shooting that, pointing it out of their window in China, uh, provided a, a, some fruity commentary as well, which uh, we wouldn't be able to play on this program. Uh, to the third one, uh, this one I like particularly because uh, if we'd like to run this, you can read what the person's saying. This is a Ukrainian driver who's just driving along a road in Ukraine and comes across a, a Russian convoy. And... <laughs> He just drops and says, hi, guys. Now, how are you? Mm. Um, do you need a lift? Yeah, back to Russia. <laughs> cheeky. <laughs> a bit cheeky. Anyway, they all had a bit of a laugh, apparently, yeah. and he went on his way. Uh, but this one uh, is, is, again, much more serious. And it shows how the media can be twisted and manipulated. So th this next one uh, it was reported as saying uh, that these are explosions in Ukraine a day before the inv the actual invasion began. That was how it was portrayed in Western media. So explosions in Ukraine a day before the invasion began. Well, actually, it was a Siberian gas station that blew up in the city of Novosibirsk back in 2021, last year. So it's a gas explosion. Again, nothing to do with Ukraine. It happened in the, uh, the far-flung corners of Siberia. So again, that footage was picked up and used by Western media, showing some of the, uh, the Russian aggression. Uh, and so this one um, is my favorite. Are you ready with this one? This is the final bit of uh, footage. Here we go, here we are. And it's portrayed as Russian jets uh, launching their attacks on Ukraine. It was used on Western media on the first day of the invasion into Ukraine. In fact, it's not even real video. It's from a video game called Armour 3. So somebody actually videoed the footage, uh, took a, a screenshots, and they portray that on network TV, saying that that was real footage. What even is that? Like a fountain water blast gun? Uh, well, that's sort of the... I don't know what they call it. There's a word for that. And, uh, yeah, the rapid-fire machine gun fire from a jet can look like that on video, oh, okay. uh, which they very well portrayed on the video game Armour 3. So, yeah, as we always say, uh, be careful what you're watching because sometimes it's not exactly what you think it is. Yeah. So uh, there's some examples of some uh, video being misused and... In the rush to get the story out, there are going to be media who are going to cut some corners and put things on TV um, or video that aren't actually real. And unfortunately, people do uh, feel like it's real because of course. you trust the source, you're watching it, and most some people couldn't even tell that that's from a video game. Oh, I had to look at it a few times. Even looking at it just then, I was thinking, hey, that looks pretty real. Yeah. And, and like, you know, Kiev, even though um, it's, it's not like the world's most popular city. It's not like a tourist destination, so people wouldn't even know if they just played a random video of, you know, a bomb explosion in any from anywhere, like from from a video from 2015. People just wouldn't know. So, so I, I guess it really lands up on the media people and companies to 
Be vigilant. Be vigilant. Go do go to the ex, go do the extra mile to make sure that your sources are and for you correct. to ask questions. Yeah. Uh, we should say that we are into day seven of the invasion of Ukraine, and uh, it appears overnight that uh, Russia has taken at least one of the smaller cities, um, but they're still advancing on Kiev. That ha seems to be happening very very slowly, and whilst all that is going on, the whole uh, Western a circling, what do you call the in cowboys and westerns movies, when you got the the coaches sort of surrounding the the Indians, well, it looks like the whole western, uh, the might of their sanctions, powering down on the Russian economy is really going to have uh, some some big downsides for Russia and Russian people. Yeah. So will that force Vladimir Putin to step back? Uh, it doesn't seem any any signs of that, and I'm not sure when you put a bully in a corner, how they react. All right, uh, we've got a question. We've also got Carmel <coughs> here in the background. Oh, yes. Carmel's got a question. Hello. Uh, yes, Reread said that Tim, Jay, and Henrietta needs to go on the front lines, go to Kiev, and do some real reporting. Real <laughs> reporting. You know, like because uh, the, the with how everything could be fake news. It would be more trustworthy if you just went there in front of Of course it would be, but I mean, you know, we have a tiny audience compared to these big networks and uh, we don't pretend we have either the resources uh, nor the capacity or the skills to be able to deliver that very important news about what's happening on the ground in Ukraine at the moment. Um, I'm not really inclined to put myself in the face of danger for the, my job. I'm not a journalist as such, and there are people who are much more qualified to do this uh, sort of activity and uh, have got the resources to provide them with the security they need yeah. to be able to visit these areas. Respect to those journalists who do, oh, because yeah. they are those journalists who are like, I need to be there, mm. and they, they go to their you know a, a media source, agency, editor, boss, or whatever, and be like, put me out there, I want to go to Kiev, next flight in. And yeah. so when everyone's running away, they're the ones going in because they want to make a difference. So, um, About as keen as I've got as I went to a couple of the student protests about 18 months ago when they were protesting um, about the government and uh, the changes to the constitution. Who's buying Shopee? Aha. It's Chai. Chai, what are you buying on How Shopee? How dare you? more sex All right, Carmel's got another comment. I just wanted to point out that that first comment was just a joke, but then um, oh. PG Santa wanted to ask that all the videos that you just showed now, uh, he's asking what network showed it because he hasn't seen it in Western news, but some people in the comment are saying that they're seeing it in Australian news. Yes. So, um, yeah, yeah, what network has uh, showed it? Three of those were on Australian networks, and uh, I'm not actually going to reveal the networks they were shown on because, of course, uh, they were honest mistakes. I mean, none of this has been done in a way that's uh, been malicious or nasty or trying to misportray the story. They, they are all honest mistakes, and three of them were on Australian networks uh, last Thursday. Another one was on social media. And, of course, the one of the Ukrainian driver offering the, uh, the Russian convoy a lift out of Russia, back to Russia, uh, that was just on social media. All right. Um, let's move on to uh, talking about Thai people fleeing or escaping from Ukraine. Now, the first group of Thai evacuees from Ukraine arrived back in Thailand at 6.25 a.m. on a Thai Airways international flight via Frankfurt, and the second, 50, uh, second group of 58 people from Poland uh, arrived around noon. And, and guess what? 13 of them 
tested positive for COVID-19. And, and you know what? They all had to have somebody, but not themselves. I don't know if it was themselves. They all had to come in under the Thailand pass. Yes. Can you believe this? They all came in under the Thailand pass. So they had to go to a, uh, a quarantine facility That's right. and wait for their... Um, uh, their test to come back negative yeah. and some of them are going to have to stay there for another five days because they have to have their day five test. Oh, I can't believe it. That's right. Upon arrival at the Swarnapalm airport, uh, they will be quarantined at uh, Bamras oh, Good luck. Bamra Narudura Infectious Diseases Institute in Nontaburi province. Mm. Which is just out of Bangkok. Yes. So, uh, yeah, I would have thought somebody would have been there with some flowers saying, welcome back. I'm sure you're grateful to be back with your families and uh, away from the, the mess that uh, is conflagrating Ukraine at the moment. Yes. And, but no, 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 no. They're shuffled off to a quarantine facility because yep. they have to go through the Thailand Pass. Well, as of right now, Kun Bun Chob Sutha Manas Wong, the Labour permanent secretary he said that they're going to be giving a financial aid of 15,000 baht each to the evacuees um, as well as a fund to assist uh, these overseas workers and help them find new jobs now that they've come back so Good. at least a little help um, yeah but a lot of people. them uh, it was quite surprising the high number of them that uh, yeah. did test positive and but I'm sure yeah. if, if there is a a way up between whether they're concerned about having COVID or whether they're happy to be back in Thailand from Ukraine, I think I know where the uh, their interests would be. That's right. And I, I mean, I was reading uh, an article today in the morning where like some of these evacuees, uh, they were sharing their stories and uh, yeah, they, they were basically describing the situation of how things are in Ukraine. Some of them are going to Romania, some of them getting on a train and making their way to Kivi, Kivivi. Good. That city. Going Kaviv. well. <laughs> I apologize. So it, my Russian pronunciation or my Ukrainian run pronunciation is not very good. So I apologize for that. Uh, I believe the city is LVIV, which is Lviv. Well, yeah. That's I, how you pronounce I, I, it. A lot of people are correcting it, our pronunciations. Yeah. And the thing is that there doesn't appear to be any one pronunciation for a lot of these places. Obviously, there is. But uh, everybody's got their own ideas, yeah. so we're not exactly sure how we're meant to say some of these places. A lot of these evacuees, they took shelter in a subway, and mm. uh, from the subway they got in contact with the Thai embassy who told them, hey guys, uh, there's buses available, there's subway available, uh, there's a train available, they'll take you to Warsaw, and then from Warsaw they were able to get out. At times like this, these embassies actually do earn their keep. Yes. Uh, clearly they are the first port of call. If you are a citizen of a foreign country, you need to get out the embassy is the place you need to be. I mean, it takes up quite a mental toll as well. One of the evacuees sure. was saying it took them almost 16 hours to get to safety, to safety. So for those 16 hours, you have this feeling that you could be bombed at any time. You're just running the gauntlet. Yeah, 16 hours. Mm. I know, I mean, people have probably faced, you know, longer hours and days to make it to safety, but I can't even imagine what uh, these people must be going through. Mm. Okay, uh, let's now talk about Tim, the TAT. Me. Oh, the, the TAT. Yes. Let's, let's move away from the Russia and Ukraine conflict for now and talk about how the TAT is now t trying to target short haul markets. Well, the problem with the poor old TAT is that they're seeing a lot of their feeder markets just evaporate. China, by far the biggest feeder market of travellers to Thailand pre-COVID, uh, which was around about 25 to 30%, depending on which part of Thailand you're talking about. In places like uh, Chiang Mai, it was up to 30%. Down in places like Phuket, it was down about 25%. 
but a lot of Chinese tourists coming to Thailand. That market has been almost completely switched off and they're not expected to return until earliest later this year. Although, of course, what happened in China is somewhat of a mystery and we'll only find out probably in the weeks before they're allowed to travel freely again. Currently, they're not. Uh, but as far as we've now got a situation where the, the largest number of people who are coming to Thailand post-February the 1st, yes. when they restarted Test and Go, were from Russia. Well, now that market has all been switched off as well. Yes. Um, clearly, the number of people coming out of Ukraine, that's uh, going to stop as well. The and flights other... coming to Thailand have been stopped now, pretty much? Sure. I haven't checked uh, this morning's arrivals, but I imagine that the flights are being very, very limited. I think we only had one flight in from Russia yesterday, which was probably going to return, and that was to one of the uh, far east Siberian location, certainly not central Russia or anywhere near Ukraine anyway. Well then again, now the TAT is trying to find new solutions and one of their solutions is that they aim to attract about 1.5 million tourists from short haul destinations. Now let me tell you exactly where they want to try to aim uh, to target these uh, tourists uh, from countries like Vietnam, Malaysia, Cambodia, Singapore. Um, they're hoping that these countries can, uh, in a very in the near future, travel without quarantine on their return. Mm. And therefore, Thailand should gain about 800,000 tourists this year from Southeast Asia alone. Well, again, uh, they're just coming up with those numbers, and I hope they're right. But if their track record has got anything to do with it, the TAT's projections have been massively inaccurate and wrong all the way through. But uh, great, I'm glad they're looking at some closer markets to be more realistic about the people who may be coming back to Thailand at the moment. Uh, we don't really know what's going to happen with this whole East European um, invasion at the moment, this aggression from Russia. But I don't think it's going to end quickly, sadly, and uh, it's going to have some sort of impact. Certainly, if nothing else, just on the avgas prices, the prices of putting fuel into a plane are going to skyrocket, and so it's going to be more expensive to travel. So short-term, short, uh, what do they call it, short-haul travel is going to be a much better option. But people coming like from the US or from Australia or from the UK or par parts of Europe, that's going to be a, a longer flight and uh, they're going to become more expensive. But, yeah, I hope, uh, hope they're right. Good luck, TAT. Hopefully your projections are right. Now, interestingly, they announced a travel bubble yesterday with India. Yes, that's right. Uh, an air travel, uh, air travel bubble with India is to become effective as 12 airlines from both countries are, are ready to operate this month. They're ready to operate, but currently there's no flights. Yes, so th that's all going to have to ramp up fairly quickly to get any impact. I've got more estimates for you. TAT has estimated around 500,000 Indian travellers will visit Thailand this year based on 70% airline capacity. Okay, so what you'd have to look at first is uh, pre-COVID, say in the year 2019, how many Indian tourists came, <coughs> excuse me, came to Thailand in that year. I'm suggesting it's probably, I don't know, I'm a completely random guess, and somebody will be looking this up as I speak. I think it would be about that number, about 500,000. Uh, so if they're thinking that they're going to get the same number of Indian tourists coming back for the rest of this year, for the 10 months left, that came back in 2019, they'd probably be wrong. But um, 
I, I, I couldn't find that information quickly just before we came on this morning. And we sit here, by the way, on the fly. I mean, we don't have a research team. We, we make mistakes. Yes. Uh, Mel Gibson coming from Australia, for example. So, well, according to you, half of Hollywood is Australian. <laughs> uh, but that's if they've a, been to Australia, they're basically Australian. <laughs> if they visited once, yeah. No, I thought I mean because he made all the Mad Max films in Australia. His whole uh, early film career was all in Australia. I legitimately thought he was born in Australia. So obviously, I'm wrong. That's okay. Um, so yeah, we do sit here on the fly. But I would be interested to know if somebody, look at Carmel. You might be able to find out from our our people, they've got access to a computer right now, how many Indian tourists visited Thailand in 2019? Well, the TAT is making strong efforts um, with airlines, in particular Thai Vietjet, to bring these people to Thailand. Okay, a quick comment from Kamal. Um, oh, no, I just found out you want the numbers, right? Yeah. Um, so in 2019... TAT estimated that 1.9 million Indian tourists visited Thailand. 1.9 million. Well, they're being realistic with 500,000. Oh, okay, 1.9 million. Then they're worth 39 million 800,000 ish uh, tourists came to Thailand in 2019. What, nearly 2 million Indian tourists in that year? Well, I'm, I'm surprised, but uh, obviously that's an important market, so of course they want yeah. to chase it. Let me give you a quick update, Tim. On Wednesday, the TAT signed a letter of intent with Thai Vietjet for one year to generate demand in Southeast Asia, especially Vietnam and Cambodia. Now, what they've done is they've got joint promotions for special packages to Thailand from March, uh, with approximately 20,000 packages to be sold in the next two to three months. And... Um, they're, yeah, they're hoping for more tourists from these countries. Okay. Now, a lot of the, uh, the, the narrative coming out of the tourism associations, and this came up at the Thai Tourism Forum on Monday, was this thing that they're calling pent-up demand. And they're saying that there is so much pent-up demand that as yes. soon as the borders open, people are going to be flooding back to Thailand. They're going to be jumping on airplanes. They're going to be booking to go overseas. Yes. That, that may be right. Thailand. So the question to you, you've been locked up in Thailand for nearly two years. Yes. Are you just just really bursting at the seams, wanting to get out of Thailand and travel? No. But that's because that's just a personal thing for me. I'm not that crazy about travelling. I, I, I have other hobbies, but people you know, in my family and my friends would love to travel. They can't wait to travel. So there is a, you believe there's a lot of pent-up demand? It's an addiction. Okay. Traveling is an addiction. Like pe people love to travel. It's it's a great experience. You get to learn new cultures, visit new places, I try new I couldn't agree foods. more. But I'm just not yeah. sure if uh, I, th I think the I world think is just really wanting to travel right now. I'm not one of those people, but the people who love to travel will travel. That's uh, what so I, I feel. I we've got the topic of uh, today's survey, I think, yes. which we'll do for tomorrow's program. We're going to ask you about the pent up demand for travel. Travel back to Thailand and uh, whether the late opening of Thailand's borders or the current situation in Ukraine, whether that is going to have an impact on Thailand's reopening. I'll be very interested to hear your, your thoughts. All right, as for now, we're going to take a quick break. Once we come back from the break, we're going to be talking about the survey as well as we're going to be talking about more gangsters found in Thailand, uh, celebrity, celebrity death conspiracies, and lastly, a Buddhist monk who had a funeral for himself. What's, what's all that about? Find out after the break.
and welcome back to Good Morning Thailand. You're watching the show with Tim Newton and Jay. Carmel, you've got a comment to start us off. I think it's referring to the time you said, like, why you don't really want to travel, like you don't have that pent-up demand to travel. Uh, Hans said that it's because you're already in Thailand and everyone could agree that, like, yes, Thailand's an addiction, like, who would want to leave? But then again, you want something that you don't have, like... I generally don't have a desire to go to the beach as much as someone from Iceland, for example. I would love to travel to Iceland, you know. Well, now, this fascinates at, me. Yeah. So many uh, Thai people I know yeah. say to me, oh, does it snow? In I want to go and see the snow. I love yeah. the snow. Yeah. I said, have you ever actually seen or been <laughs> in the snow? Because... For me, yeah. that I never want to see snow again in my life. No, but it's a great experience. You know, you get, you get the those cold. furry coats and oh. you stay warm. You know, roast marshmallows on the fire. I mean, I'm, I might be being unrealistic, but, you know, that's my travel experience. I want to go to Iceland. I want to go to Blue Lagoon and sit in those, you know, what are those hot baths and, like, surrounded by ice. Yeah, good. Put that white powder on my face. Look at the northern lights. Oh, People say to me, oh, when are you coming back to Australia? When are you coming home? You must get sick of waking up every day and it's 30 degrees. I go, no, no, I don't. I never get sick of that. Yeah. And I will never go and live back in poor old Melbourne where the winters are quite bleak. Not as bleak as it gets in a lot of northern European cities. In but it does get winter. down to zero. Yes. Uh, and there is snow when you sort of drive about two hours out of Melbourne. And it's fun going to see the snow for about a minute and then after that nah it's cold it, I do, get, get me back to the warmth I'm happy here in Thailand I do I would I would like to travel um, but I think I've sort of got a plan with uh, with number one yes. that we're going to go to Bali as soon as we can that's basically going to Phuket <laughs> maybe with but some, to, instead of Thai temples you go for Indonesian temples yeah well Hindu temples oh yes uh, Bali Hindu is temples, a sort yes. of a Hindu island but yes a different culture and a different location I, I'd like to go to Bali too it sounds like a fun place it sounds like a more party place <laughs> I, I, it's weird I would never I don't feel like partying in Phuket but I would love to go to <laughs> Bali to party yes they've got pools there where you can sit and it's hot and the, they've got snow around and stuff yeah. In Bali. Oh, it's very popular. Pretty much. Mm. It's called the Bali Lagoon. All right, ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for Two Minutes Thailand, where you get Ooh. to learn about Thai culture and different aspects of where Thailand. Where are we off to today? With Nan. Excellent question, Tim. <laughs> Every time I need a refresher course after I've approved Nan's video. Um, we're going to keep this a secret. Ladies and gentlemen, watch the latest video. Let me tell you about the Q festivals in Thailand. The Monkey Buffet Festival, or... Lobuli is one of the oldest cities in Thailand called Lawo Kingdom. The area was once a jungle where the monkeys lived, but once humans tore down the area and settled in, the monkeys had to adjust to live with people. And that is why there are a lot of monkeys in Lopuli province, especially at San Prakan and Prapang Sangyot, which are historical places. It is believed that when people start living in the area, the monkey had to give way to the locals. So the locals, they wanted to thank the monkeys by feeding them large quantities of food yearly. The festival has two purposes. 
firstly, to draw tourists to the festival, and secondly, to honor the traditional Lubuli belief that monkeys are disciples of Chao Pa Prakan, a spirit which protects the city. The first day of the festival was organized in 1989, and ever since that day, it was set to be on the last Sunday of November among the rules of Prapang Samyo Temple. In the morning, there are a parade to celebrate the opening ceremony of the festival. Beautiful Chinese-style banquet tables laden with colorful fruits, vegetables, snacks, and drinks are laid out for the monkeys. There are four times the food buffet is prepared at 10 a.m., 12 a.m., 2 p.m., and 4 p.m. You can visit the monkeys every time you want, not only during this festival. Go check out Prapang Samyot Lopuri Like Me. I bet you will get some great pictures. Monkey business. That's right. Have you ever been to Lopuri? Uh, no, but I've seen quite a lot of videos from there. They've got monkeys running amok. That's right. But they actually do have this annual festival where they uh, they honour the monkeys and um, they offer them food. They yeah. don't really need much encouragement, by the way. Yeah, that's right. They, I, they might as well give them Viagra or something because <laughs> all they do is they seem to go off and populate. Well, at the end of the video, the Nan, Nan has actually visited Lopuri and she's got a picture of a monkey on her. So if you are interested, uh, please visit Lopuri. They could use the tourism. Carmel. Tedford says, monkeys, no thanks. They will climb upon you and rob you of anything they can. Plus, if they bite you, you could die. No monkeys. Filthy. So could I guess get, that's a no on Lubbury yes, if there could, are many you monkeys You could get there. Uh, disease. Um, but, but the monkeys, the macaque monkeys are a little bit naughty. Yes. A lot of people lost their phones. I wish I'd lose mine sometimes. I mean, the, the comments come in, as we say, the thousands of comments every day. This guy, uh, Bruce Bickford, probably not his name, none of the people he used their real name. Just have a look at this. It just, he wrote a thesis, <laughs> and like a t 10 page thesis that goes on and on and on and on. And he thinks I'm going to read that. I'm sorry, Bruce, I'm not going to read that. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Some people are just so committed. We love your passion. We love your passion. Um, ladies and gentlemen, a quick thank you to Coffee Culture. Thank you for sponsoring the show. You can visit coffeeculture.asia for your beautiful mugs, as well as taster kits, where you can buy tasting kits before you indulge and splurge on a bigger Somebody pack. said we assaulted their ears by... Doing, oh, it was so loud, I had to rip my headphones off the other day when you shook the coffee things. Mmm, fresh coffee. All right, as well as Twin Palms Residences Montezur. Now, that's a nice property right on Kamala Beach. That's right. In so, Phuket. Uh, check them out. Uh, There's a link under the description, Jay. There is absolutely a link in the description below. All right, moving on, Tim. Uh, now let's talk about gangsters. Now, <laughs> I'm starting to feel like there's a trend. One of North India's most wanted gangsters has been found in Thailand, and he entered on a fake passport. Now, I was getting this flash of deja vu. Yeah. Uh, was there another Indian gangster that entered Thailand at the end of December last year? on a fake passport and end of January yes he came in the end of, oh I late think January it, the assailants came oh, yes. in uh, that's right you're right the assailants same same but different yeah so uh, there seems to be a lot of Indian gangsters in 
uh, Thailand. So you think yeah. this is just the tip of the iceberg? I don't know. Is, is Thailand a haven for gangsters who... That four or five years ago, there was a big campaign by immigration and they were going around... Oh, what did they call the campaign? Uh, it was our favourite... Big joke. It was the, the policeman who was behind it. And he used to parade all these overseas ne'er-do-wells who had come in under fake passports or had overstayed their visa. And they used to parade them once a week. And there'd be 40, 50, 100 of them. And it was a big campaign to crack down on uh, transnational crime. So they were saying... Good guys in, bad guys out. But it looks like over the past year or so, it looks like some more of the bad guys have found their way back in. That's right. A 20-year-old Virenda Pratap, also known as Kalarana, reportedly entered Thailand on fake passport and continued to run an Indian uh, crime syndicate from Thailand. Didn't sound like a very nice person. What was he into? Uh, well, included extortion, rackets and contract killings. Yeah, All nice this good guy. stuff. Hmm. Charming. Um, yeah, but I like to have dinner with him. Yeah, and he's a suspect in thirty cases of murder, attempted murder, extortion, and criminal intimidation. So, yeah. Uh, anyways, he's been caught, and he's been repatriated, deported, extradited to, to, to Delhi, extradited, and he's no longer a problem for Thailand. Yeah. And let's hope uh, he gets some uh, relevant justice in India, Carmel. Tech Symbol says that Thailand is the hub of gangsters. Well, I don't know. Uh, I think it's, it's easy to say that. And stories like this exemplify that there are bad people. But bad people will go to countries where they think they probably won't get caught. Yes. But these days, uh, all countries around the world have got much better detection of these people, following them around, their fingerprinting or whatever as they arrive in the country. And do you yes. have to be fingerprinted when you arrive in Thailand now? I think you do. You? Well, they yes. do the facial picture and scan. So I haven't done an international entry back into Thailand recently, but I think, I'm sure you'll tell us, and please do, that you have to get your finger scanned when you come. I know you do in last, Malaysia. Last time I did in uh, January 2020, I didn't have to do my finger fingerprint, scan. but they do do a, they ask you to stand in front of the camera and take the picture. Okay. Yeah. And you go... Yes. And although these stories are about gangsters, uh, you know, entering Thailand, but they have been caught. They have yes. been caught. Uh, well, caught or shot, one way or the other. Yeah. Carmel. So Nicholas asked if, like, they got in Thailand on the Thailand Pass. <laughs> well, assumedly, anybody coming into Thailand over the past, well, since um, November last year has had to come in under the Thailand Pass. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe... Depends when they arrive. Maybe they were, they've been here for a while. So, yeah, they could have been here for a while. We don't know. Yeah. But, yes, assumedly anybody coming in, criminals or otherwise, have had to use the Thailand Pass. Right. Talking about criminals in Thailand. Uh-huh. Now, this is just a conspiracy, but let's talk about Thang Mo, who is a, a prominent Thai celebrity. Was. Was, uh, unfortunately. Uh, recently died after falling off a speedboat and drowning. Or now, did she? Or did she? Now, ladies and gentlemen, uh, like I said, mentioned this yesterday, this news has been dominating Thai media. So I'd just like to give a quick update. Now, there were five other people on the speedboat with her. Uh, all five people on the speedboat with the TV actress Anita Thangmo uh, when she fell overboard last Thursday will face charges... Uh, possible charges of negligence leading to death and giving false statements to the police according to a police source. Mm. 
That's right. There's been a lot. There's been very few facts coming out over the past couple of days. They're yeah. slowly leaking out as the investigation continues. And, and the reason we, uh, I don't want to give more information is because as of right now, it's a lot of speculation, a, a lot, lot, a lot of conspiracy theories, theories that you know everyone's involved. Like the entire Thailand, it feels is involved. Everyone has their own opinion. So we're waiting for facts to come out uh, so that we can uh, get, give you those facts. We've been doing sort of daily updates on this particular case because uh, a lot. Of you are in also interested in this case, but there's been a lot of reenactments and people showing that it's hard to sit on the back of a perch on the back of one of these speedboats mm. uh, if you want to uh, relieve yourself. I just don't, I can't see a pretty young lady like this perching herself on the back when obviously the people on the boat have got cameras. <laughs> All right, I don't know, very uh, undignified. Very anyway, she's uh, well. well you no gotta go. You gotta go. Well, yeah. And they were saying the the toilet on the boat had broken. And that's why she did it off the back. I'd be rather use a broken yes. toilet than try well, and perch on the back of a speedboat. Yes. Well, as of right now, uh, those suspects are being reinterrogated, and uh, they're actually being told to reenact some scenes to find out if there are some discrepancies within their stories. Yeah. We'll certainly hear a lot more about it, and uh, yes. wait for about two years, there'll be probably two or three movies. Ties love drama. All right. Uh, Karma, any comment? Oh, no. Did you raise your hand? Oh, no. No, She's playing no with comment. Ear. I was just... Okay, she's playing with her ear. I apologize. Oh, but hands... She's got all these piercings, and she sort of has to put, push no. them out of place so she can hear us. You'd think an old lady wouldn't have piercings. Oh, I've but never I mean, seen... People have changed. Covered in tats and yeah. piercings It's 2022. But anyways, uh, Hans did comment that, like, um, his wife is really obsessed with this story. Now, why do you think Ty's love There's like, a question cannot Jay, stop why? talking about this? Good one, Carmel. So there you are. Jay, you're the only half Thai person here. Okay. When I say half Thai, you've lived here most of your life. Yeah. Why are Thai people uh, obsessed with celebrities and celebrity deaths? Well, not just celebrity, it's just drama in general. It, it's like, it's a cultural thing. Like, whether it's Facebook or Line or, you know, even, even the TV soap operas, it's always about some conspiracy. There's always a good guy, there's a bad guy, you know, there's a murder, like, ooh, ghost movies, thrillers. It's what excites us. It's, it's exciting. That's the only, you know, that's what, it, unfortunately or fortunately, it excites uh, people, and people like to speculate and get in on it and have their own opinion. The Thai television and film industry are prolific, like in a huge, huge way. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the amount of output from Thailand for Thai language dramas and stuff is enormous. And of course, a lot of it gets consumed in uh, other Asian countries with subtitles, because Thailand's the only country in the world that speaks Thai. But the amount of stuff they put out is astonishing. And there's a new film every week. If you go to the cinemas, a new Thai movie every single week, and they're invariably about dramas, they're period dramas, they're, uh, they've got uh, horror stories, there's the uh, sort of comedy horrors. Slapstick and, comedy. So, yeah, yeah. which has always got the over-the-top K character as well. Uh, just hilarious. And I've, I've gone to see some of these movies, and a lot of them are very, very good, well-made, great production values. Oh, yeah, amazing production value. Yeah. yeah. So uh, kudos to the Thai film industry, but they are obsessed with drama and horror. Especially the series and the soap operas. We have a lot of soap operas. Yeah. Uh, Carmel. Uh, two things. First one is uh, we have a new member, Oliver 8. Oliver. So welcoming them Gate. to... 
Oliver 8, Oliver and then the number 8. eight. Oliver. Well, Oliver, thank you for being a Tiger member. We appreciate your support. And what's your form of saying thank you? Mariska Hargate. <laughs> okay, the second one <laughs> is uh, someone named Kunjay asked, is asking both of you, uh, do you think the boat buddies conspired to cover up the truth about what happened to Tengmo? Ooh, speculation, speculation, speculation. Well, I mean, it appears that there is, uh, there has been some contact between the people after the event, uh, perhaps to try and collaborate some sort of alibi, but uh, the police are investigating at the moment, so anything that we say beyond what we've already passed on and the facts we know would just be pure speculation. Yes. But uh, obviously, something odd has happened. So many questions surrounding this particular event. Uh, one of them uh, was sort of uncovered by our own resident sleuth here, Jordan. There's something about the timestamp on one of the photos being 9.15 and showing that the lights were on the Rama 8 bridge behind. But uh, the thought is that the lights actually go off on the bridge at 9 o'clock. So how could that timestamp be real? But there's uh, plenty of other comments that are being uh, circulated about yeah, various various facts. We'll keep you updated on that story on thetiger.com. Lastly, Tim, we're going to be talking about a Thai Buddhist monk who hosted a funeral for himself as a lesson of death. Okay, you better explain this. Well, a Buddhist monk made headlines all over Thailand uh, as he invited residents in the northern province of Pitanulok uh, to a funeral. Which is in central, central northern Thailand? Not Pitsanulok, Pitanulok. Oh, I thought it's the same place. No. Most probably is. <coughs> I think it just might be a typo. I think it's Pitsanulok. I think it is too, That's which right. is in central northern Thailand. Yes. Uh, well, yes, he invited people to a funeral, uh, to his own funeral. And um, the abbot at a local temple, um, he's alive and he's well, he's doing fine. But he wanted the ceremony to send a message to his followers that death is normal and a part of life. Was he sending a message to the afterlife or to the current life? No, to the current life. That oh, death okay. is normal and it's just a part of life. Which I personally thought it was a strange because if you've been around for the last two years, death has been around Thailand for, you know, with all the COVID-19 deaths. I don't think I need a reminder that, you know, death is a part of life. But uh, anyways, the funeral at um, Potian Temple followed traditional Thai Buddhist practices. There was a coffin made. Uh, you know, they made, I believe, uh, the the body out of a banana tree, uh, and then at the local... Banana tree? That's right, and 55 monks did uh, Buddhist chants and prayers as the coffin was uh, sent to the crematory. And there was the one last week when they made a body out of straw, That's named right. it COVID-19 Omicron, yes. and burnt it, hoping that the evil spirits of Omicron would go away. The monks are doing their part. Hasn't appeared to have worked very well. The monks are doing their part. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and, and then, you know, like in a traditional funeral, you'd have um, your name and your date uh, before when they cremated, and the monk had his own, and uh, he put the the year 2048, which uh, means he expects to die at the age of 80. Okay. It's a decent life. But anyways, and, so, and so the there people... there is a, a sort of an attitude around Thailand. Yeah. Uh, a fairly... Sabai Sabai attitude towards death. It's sort of a normalization. In Western cultures, it's nothing like that. But here yes. in Thailand, death is just part of the process of life, and most Thais are brought up to believe that they're going to come back in some sort of other form. They all believe in reincarnation as Buddhists. Yes, I don't agree with some of the practices that actually happen 
uh, in some of the funerals because as some of them last five days, you know, um, people come, they pay their respects, and then oftentimes they'll have tents with like chairs and tables, and then you know, uh, the old uncles and stuff. I've seen this in my friends' funerals. Uh, not my friend's funeral, sorry, apologies. Uh, some of the family, old family members of my friend's uh, families. Um, yeah, I went to the funeral and then, uh, you know, after you've paid your respects, you kind of come to these tables, sit down, and there's some people gambling, there's some people just drinking the night away, and it's very common practice, to which I find that a little strange. Well, yeah, I mean, Western funerals tend to be, uh, you know, four or five days after the, the, the passing of the person. There's a, a place and a location organised. It could be a church. <clears throat> Service is held. Uh, the body is buried or cremated and sort of all over. But in Thailand, they string it out for four, five, six days, mm. the whole funeral process. And as you said, sometimes it can end up as a, a bit of a, an informal social and sometimes take on almost a party atmosphere. Yeah. Well, the 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 ceremony and and oh, you know sure. where they keep the body. That part I understand. The other parts, what people are actually doing outside of the room, is, is just slightly strange. But uh, anyways, it, they're it's getting a together difference. and they're reflecting on their friend's life. Yeah, might as well enjoy. The they moment. might have been yeah. a good gamble. They're, they're celebrating the life. Who knows? Yeah. Anyways, the people who attended this funeral, a funeral uh, that the Buddhist monk held at the temple. Uh, they actually each got five kilograms of rice as a gift. So okay. I'm guessing there must have been a good turnout. I always feel if I am flying on an aeroplane, yeah. I don't want the pilot to be Buddhist. Mm -hmm. I don't want them to not have a fear of death. If they're in an urgent situation, I don't want them to be thinking, ah, it doesn't matter, I'm going to come back as a an ox or something. And uh, my last comment uh, regarding the story is that... Well, can I just finish by saying, if, oh, okay. if, if I want somebody flying my plane, I want an atheist. I want somebody who fears death and is going to do everything they can to keep that plane in the sky. Over okay. to you. All right. Uh, the last comment, the residents, uh, after they got their five kilograms of rice as a gift, was that um, they look forward to buying lottery tickets. Okay. Uh, with numbers matching the abbot's age. Oh dear, somebody, people, these people got a lot of time on their hands. So he, ha he held his own funeral? Yes. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, it's now time to take a quick break. We've been running for 46 minutes. Oh my goodness. So quick break, we'll be back right after this. Yeah. Welcome back. You're watching Good Morning Thailand with Tim Newton and Jay. Uh, unfortunately, ladies and gentlemen, we've been running for about 46, 47 minutes, so we are only going to take three questions before we leave. Why unfortunately, Jay? Because we've got other things to do. You're trying to deny our keen viewers from the opportunity to watch us. No, well, they wouldn't be able to watch the, the other shows we produce. Soak in the ambience of this shirt. And moving along quickly, Carmel, any questions? Uh, yes, first we should welcome Joseph Trachey into the Tiger, Tiger Legend. Tiger Joseph, Joseph, you are a legend. And what are you going to say, Jay? Mariska Hargitay, Joseph. <laughs> or Joseph. 
Okay, so first comment, ANRV2 said that neutra uh, neutrality doesn't exist anymore. If you don't support Ukraine, then you support Russia. Time to that, boycott that Thailand. Just, that is just the load of rubbish. If you are neutral, if you're not saying I'm going to support this or that, you are actually saying I don't support one or the other. You're not automatically backing Russia. And when we're talking about neutrality as a news source, we're saying that we're just going to present the facts as they happen. We're not going to say this is good or this is bad. We're just saying this is what's happening. And a country being neutral is not automatically supporting Russia. That contention is rubbish. So stop saying it. All right, next question. Next comment. PT Tan said that this is not the peak period for travelers to <laughs> Thailand. So the anticipated number of travelers rushing to Thailand just because it has relaxed is its entry requirements isn't realistic. You know, it's an interesting thought. I mean, obviously, things like peak times and uh, the peak seasons and as far as I think you can throw most of it out the window at the moment, obviously, there are going to be times of the year where people are more inclined to holiday than others. But uh, really, a lot of those habits are going to be in confusion. I mean, I think if the borders suddenly open without uh, some of the Thailand pass restrictions, a lot of people will come. Uh, regardless of what season it is. And if this pent-up demand is real, no matter what time of the year it is, people will probably try and come. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to end the show there uh, as we've run a bit too far into it. Can I talk about the painting? Yes, oh. quickly, you can mention the painting. If you'd like one of our tiger paintings, you can buy these, hand-signed, even by Jay, with his ex. <laughs> And uh, now you, people are going to expect an X. I don't actually sign an X. Now I'm going to have to. Now you're going to write, what, what is it? Mahurgas. Marishka Hargate. <laughs> the shirt but you as can well. Buy these hand signed. Someone's interested in the shirt as well. They want to know where to buy it. Uh, all these things, including our tiger mugs, you can buy at thetiger.com forward slash shop. <laughs> We've got our merchandise there as well as the new Vanderbilt luxury range. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it is a print. It's not a real painting, Muhammad Wang, but it's a great uh, token of the tiger. Well, it's a made from this. As I stand here and look at Tim Newton bringing on the famous tiger, tiger painting, it says... <laughs> That's the original painting. And this is why we don't keep it behind, because it's huge. <laughs> huge. Uh, so it's, it's a copy of that. All right, and that's it. And with that, I'm going to decide to end the episode oh. as nothing good happens after 45 minutes. Sorry. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to thank Tim Newton. Thank you. Uh, Carmel in the background, Anum yes. with the buttons. Uh, and thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Please click the like button if you've enjoyed the show. Uh, and we appreciate you. We hope you have a good Thursday. And I'll see you tomorrow for Lumberjack Fridays.